Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman. I'm Rabbi Avram Golder, and today I'm on Seches Psachim Daf Nun Dalad. So the three topics we're going to focus on: number one, Rabbi Binyamin Bar Yefa stated in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, Mavarchin al Ur Ben B'Motzi Shabbos Ben B'Motzi Yom Kippurim V'Chen Amadavar. We recite a bracha over the flame of Motzi Shabbos and on Motzi Yom Kippurim, and this is how the people conduct themselves. The Gemara challenges this statement of Rabbi Yochanan's opinion from a brayse that states, "Aim Mavarchin al Ur El B'Motzi Shabbos Hoyel Tchilas Briyasu." We may not recite a bracha over the flame except Mosi Shabbos, since that time is the beginning of fire's creation. The cave in Shabbat, and when one sees it for the first time after Shabbos, he recites the bracha immediately. Rabbi Yudah says, so do all coats. One recites all the brachas of Havdalah in order over a cup of wine. And Rabbi Yochanan said the halacha is like Rabbi Yudah. So this implies that Rabbi Yochanan agrees with Rabbi Yudah completely, and a bracha is not recited Mosi Yom Kippur. The Gemara answers Rabbi Binyamin Bar Yefes was referring to Ur Shabbos, fire that rested on Shabbos and Yom Kippur, which Rashi explains that it was either lit beforehand or it was lit for a permissible reason, such as for the needs of someone who was sick. The brachas recited because the flame which had been forbidden to use is now fully permitted. The Bryce was referring to Ur Hayotzimina Eitzimina Avonim, fire that issues anew from wood and stones. Since fire was created mostly Shabbos, it's appropriate to make a bracha over such fire. But there's no reason to recite a bracha on it on Motzi Yom Kippur. Point number two, the Dot presents ten items and phenomena that were created the first Arab Shabbos at Bainish Shmashos, and seven things that were created before the creation of the physical world. In addition, it was taught in a Bryce as Shiva Dvarim Mechusim Bine Adam. Seven things are concealed from people. Yom Misa, the day of one's death. Yom Nechama, the day of consolation, which Rashi explains as the exact time when one will be relieved from his anxiety or distress. The Oma Kedin, the depth of judgment, which Rashi explains either means the depth of cases of judgment, of which most people will make mistakes about, or the judgment that will be made in the future. A person also doesn't know what is in his fellow's mind, nor the business will make a profit in, nor when Malchus based David will return, or when the guilty Malchus will perish, which Rashi explains refers to Edom. And point number three, Rava expounded, Ubaros and Menikos Mesanos Mashrimasbo. Pregnant and nursing women are obligated to fast and complete their fast on Tishabav, just as they're obligated to fast and complete their fast in Yom Kippur. And during Bainish Mashos of Tishabav, they're not permitted to eat. And this was said as well in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. The Gemara asks, if he in fact said this, as Rabbi Yochanan said, Tishabav is not like a tiny seaboard for rain. So doesn't this mean that he holds that on Tishabav one is permitted to eat? During banish mashos, the Gemara concludes that the distinction Rabbi Yochanan made was that he holds on a tiny seabor reciting the il as a chiyuv, whereas on Tishabav it's a rishus. Another answer is that Rabbi Yochanan holds that on Tishabav one does not recite the twenty-four brachas in the Shmon Esrei that is said on a tiny seabor. So once again, the three points are number one: Rabbi Binyam Bar Yefes stated in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, Mevarchin al Ur Ben Mosi Shabbos Ben Mosi Mikipurim Vechenam Devar. We recite a bracha over the flame on Mosi Shabbos. And on Motzi Yom Kippurim, and this is how the people conduct themselves. So the Gemara challenges this statement of Rabbi Yochanan's opinion from a Brisa that states, or Shabbos, We may not recite a bracha over the flame except Motzi Shabbos, since that time is the beginning of fire's creation. The Chavin Miyad, and when one sees it for the first time after Shabbos, he recites the bracha immediately. Rabbi Yudah says, Sodron al Kost, one recites all the brachas of Abdallah in order over a cup of wine. Rabbi Yochanan said the halachas of Yehuda. So this implies that Rabbi Yochanan agrees with Rabbi Yehuda completely, and a bracha is not recited Motzi Yom Kippur. The Gemara answers Rabbi Binyam Bar Yefes was referring to Ursh Shabbos, fire that rested on Shabbos and on Yom Kippur, which Rashi explains that it was either lit beforehand or it was lit for a permissible reason, such as for the needs of someone who was sick. The bracha is recited because the flame which had been forbidden to use is now fully permitted. The Bryce was referring to Ur Hayotzim and Eitzim Umin Avonim, fire that issues anew from wood and stones. Since fire was created Motzi Shabbos, 
it's appropriate to make a bracha over such fire. But there's no reason to recite a bracha on it on Motzi Yom Kippur. Point number two, the Duff presents ten items and phenomena that were created the first Erev Shabbos, Abenish Mashos, and seven things that were created before the creation of the physical world. In addition, it was taught in a Brisa, Shiva Dvarim Mechusim Bene Adam. Seven things are concealed from people. Yoma Misa, the day of one's death. Yoma Nechama, the day of consolation, which Rashi explains as the exact time when one will be relieved from his anxiety or distress. But Oma Kaden, the death of judgment, which Rashi explains either means the depth of cases of judgment, of which most people make mistakes about, or the judgment that will be made in the future. A person also doesn't know what is in his fellow's mind, nor the business he'll make a profit in, nor when Malchus base double will return, or when the guilty Malchus will perish, which Rashi explains refers to Edom. And point number three, Rav expounded, Ubaros Menikos Misanos Amashrimosbo. Pregnant and nursing women are obligated to fast and complete their fast on Tishabav, just as they're obligated to fast and complete their fast in Yom Kippur. And during banish mashos of Tishabav, they're not permitted to eat. And this was said as well in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Now the Gemara asks if he in fact said this. As Rabbi Yochanan said, Tishabav is not like a tie seaboard for rain. So doesn't this mean that he holds that on Tishabav one is permitted to eat during banish mashos? The Gemara concludes that the distinction Rabbi Yochanan was making is that he holds that on a times at Sibor, reciting the Ila is a Chiyu, whereas on Tishabav it's a Rashus. Another answer is that Rabbi Yochanan holds that on Tishabav one does not recite the 24 brachas in the Shemun that is said on a Tainan Sibor. All right, so now we go to our Simon for Daf Nun Dalad, and our standard Simon is noodles. Noodles. So here goes. The famed pasta chef made the brach on the flame that was lit over Yom Kippur, and then used it to cook a pot of noodles with seven hidden ingredients. For the famished pregnant and nursing woman who said Ne'ila felt like it lasted longer than Tishabav and Atina Sibur. Once again in slow motion. The famed pasta chef made the brach on the flame that was lit over Yom Kippur and then used it to cook a pot of noodles. Noodles? That must be more on Duff Nundalad. The famed pasta chef made the brach on the flame that was lit over Yom Kippur, which reminds us that we resolve the contradiction statements from Rabbi Yochanan, whether one makes a bracha on light Moti Yom Kippur by clarifying Rabbi Minyamin Bar Yef is referring to Ur Shabbos, fire that rested on Shabbos and Yom Kippur, which Rashi explains that it was either lit beforehand or it was lit for a permissible reason, such as for the needs of someone who was sick. The brachas were recited because the flame which had been forbidden to use is now fully permitted. The Bryce was referring to Ur fire that issues anew from wood and stones. Since fire was created Motzi Shabbos, it's appropriate to make a bracha over such fire, but there's no reason to recite a bracha on it on Motzi Yom Kippur. So the famed pastor chef made the bracha on the flame that was lit over Yom Kippur, and then used it to cook a pot of noodles with seven hidden ingredients, which reminds us seven things are concealed from people, such as the Yom Misa, the Day of Death, Yom Nechama, the Day of Consolation, the Yom Kedin, the Death of Judgment, what's in someone else's mind, what business will profit in, when will Malchus based of it arrive, and the evil Malchus will perish. So the famed pastor chef made the bracha on the flame that was lit over Yom Kippur, and then used it to cook a pot of noodles with seven hidden ingredients, for the famished pregnant and nursing woman who said Ne'ila felt like it lasted longer than Tishabav and Atana Sibur. Which reminds Rabbi Yochanan holds that pregnant and nursing women are obligated to fast and complete their fast on Tishabav, just as they're obligated to fast and complete their fast in Yom Kippur. And during banished marshals of Tishabav, they're not permitted to eat. And that when Rabbi Yochanan said Tishabav is not like a tiny Sibur for rain, he was making the distinction that on a tiny Sibur, reciting the Ila is a Chiyuv, whereas on Tishabav, it's a Rishus. Another answer is that Rabbi Yochanan holds that on Tishabav, one does not recite the 24 brachas in the Shemun Esrei that is said on a tiny Sibur. So once again, the famed pasta chef made the brach on the flame that was lit over Yom Kippur and then used it to cook a pot of noodles with seven hidden ingredients for the famished pregnant and nursing woman who said Ne'ila felt like it lasted longer than Tisha B'Av and Atan Sibur. All right, now it's time to go to our four-block back Chazorah. 
Dafnun. So the Simr Dafnun is a nincompoop. A nincompoop. So here goes. The nincompoop. Nincompoop. That must be one Dafnun. The nincompoop who practiced doing handstands to prepare for Om Haba, which reminds us that when Yosef got sick and his soul left his body and saw an Om Hafuch, an upside-down world where the Elyonim were Lamata, Vatakhtin, Lamala, the ones who are uppermost in this world are below an Om Haba. And the lowly in this world are above an Olam Haba. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, his father, said to the son, B'ni Olam Baru, he said, My son, you've seen a clear rule. He then asked Rabbi Yosef how we, Talmud Chachamim, were regarded there. And Rabbi Yosef answered, Just as we're regarded here, so we're regarded there. His father asked what they were saying there, and the son replied that he heard them saying, Ashrei mi Khan b'talmudu b'yado. Fortunate is he who comes here and his learning is in his hand. So the nincompoop who practiced doing handstands to prepare for Olam Haba, and hid pieces of paper with Hashem's name around the house, which reminds us that the Gemara asks what it means when the Pasuk says, that one day Hashem's name will be one. Isn't it one now? It means that whereas we write Hashem's name with the letters Yud, Hey, and so on, we pronounce the name with the letters Al, Dal, but in the future it will be written and pronounced with the letters of Yud, Hey. This is alluded as well in the Pasuk, This is my name, which is forever, but means also, Lalem to be hidden, referring to the Yud K name, whereas the one to mention is the Al Dalad name. So the Ninkampupa practiced doing handstands to prepare for Om Haba and had pieces of paper with Hashem's name around the house, said his own name whenever he learned and did mitzvahs. Which reminds us the Gemara brought a contradiction between the two Psukim Gigado Ad Shamaim Chazdecho, for great until the heavens is your kindness, and Kigado Me Ashamaim Chazdecho, for great above the heavens is your kindness. So does the reward from Hashem, which is referred by your kindness, originate? from above the heavens or only until the heavens. So the great answer is, Kamba osim l'shmag, kamba osim l'shmag. Here, in the second Pasuk, referring to those who perform mitzvah for its own sake, for no purpose other than to fill Hashem's ratzon. They will receive reward from above the heavens, meaning supernaturally. In the first Pasuk, it refers to those who perform a mitzvah not for its own sake, but for personal gain, and they will receive reward from until the heavens, meaning through natural means. And this statement is like Rabbi Yehuda said in the name of Rav, Lom yasuk adam b'toru mitzvahs afobisha a person should always engage in learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, even though not for its own sake. Because from doing them not for their own sake, he will eventually come to do them for their own sake. Dafninov, so the simon is related to na, we think of beavers, and we use beaver pelt hats. So here goes. The goofy tour group in their beaver pelt hats, beaver pelt hats, that must be one duff, nanalov. The goofy tour group in the beaver pelt hats, who ate their stomach fat sandwiches while touring Bavel, which reminds us, the more asked why Rabbi Baruchana did not adhere to the Minhag and Bavel, not to eat from the fats covering the straight part of the stomach, since the Mishnah states that one should adhere to the Khumras of the place one travels to. And two answers are given. Abai said the Mishnah's rule applies to people going from one place in Eretz Yisrael to another, or from one place in Bavel to another, or from Bavel to Eretz Yisrael, but not to those traveling from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel. Since we, the Talmud Chachamim and Bavel, are subordinate to the Talmud Chachamim in Eretz Yisrael, People coming from Eretz Israel to Babel should act in accordance with the customs of Eretz Israel. Ravashi said the mission's rule applies even to those coming from Eretz Israel to Babel unless one intends to return to Eretz Israel as Rabbi Babarachana did. So the goofy tour group in the beaver belt hats who ate their stomach fat sandwiches while touring Babel were told to put them away because they had not seen a great authority do so. Which reminds us, Rabbi Babarachana said to his son that he should not eat the permitted stomach fat of an animal, not in my presence and not out of my presence. For the following reason, I myself, who saw Rabbi Yochanan eating it in Eretz Yisrael, may do so here, Kadaihu Rabbi Yochanan Lismochlov, since Rabbi Yochanan is worthy of being relied upon, both in his presence and not in his presence. However, you did not see him eating it, so do not eat it, for I am not a sufficiently distinguished authority to rely upon to go against local custom. So the goofy tour group in the beaver belt hats, who ate their stomach fat sandwiches while touring Bavel, 
were told to put them away because they had not seen a great authority do so. And they should not work Arapesalik at home, even though the natives will call them lazy. Which reminds us that the Gemara asked that if someone is required to keep the chumras of the place from which he came as well, then in a situation where one comes from a place where the minhag is not to do malach Arapesalik, and he arrives in a place where they do do malacha, he's clearly deviating from the local custom and invites malchokas. So Abai answers that the requirement to maintain the chumras of both locales only applies in the case where he's coming from a place that one does malach to one that does not. Rav says it will can't apply to the former case, since when the locals see the newcomer not working, they'll assume that's because he's a batlan, someone who sits idle and doesn't work. Dafnum base, so the similar Dafnum base is a newbie, a newbie to Yiddishkeit. So here it goes. The newbie to Yiddishkeit, newbie to Yiddishkeit, that must mean we're on Dafnum base. The newbie to Yiddishkeit wearing the please don't excommunicate me t-shirt, which reminds us, in Eretz Israel, they vote to impose malchus on a yeshiva student who sins in a rabban, and they don't vote to excommunicate. Rush explains that they try to avoid excommunicating a Talmud as much as possible out of concern for Torah that the student represents. Since Malchus is a less severe punishment, the publicity generally is not so damaging to the Talmud's reputation and the Torah's honor. Rabbi Yosef excommunicated Rabbi Nassim Bar-Asi for traveling on the Tchum on the second day of Shavuos because violating the second day of Yantiv is a more serious offense. So the newbie to Yiddish guy wearing the Please Don't Excommunicate Me t-shirt tried to discern if he could eat one of the three pickled vegetables from the Shvi's barrel, which reminds us that the Mishnah and Dabnunam and Bay state that if one transports Peros Shvi's from a place where they have been depleted to a place where they have not been depleted or vice versa, one must take on the Chumras of both places and is Chayev to do beer. Rabbi Yudah says, Seva We say to him, go out and bring for yourself. So the Gemara here attempts to clarify the Malchus between the Tanakam and Rabbi Yehuda with five different interpretations. Ravashi says they're taking sides in the Malchus and Mishnah and Shvi's, which states that a Kobish Loshik one who preserves three kinds of vegetables in one barrel, Rabbi Eliezer says, we may eat all three until one is depleted in the fields. Yeshua says we may eat all three until the last species is depleted. And says, As each species becomes depleted in the field, one shall remove that species from the barrel. And the Tanakam of our Mishnah goes according to Yeshua, Rabbi Yehuda holds like Rabbi Gamliel. And the Lacha goes according to Rabbi Gamliel. So the new BT Yiddishkeit wearing the Please Don't Excommunicate Me t-shirt tried to discern if he could eat one of the three pickled vegetables from the Shvi's barrel by using his high-powered binoculars to see if the chayos in the galil had depleted that species in the fields. Which reminds me, more brings a mission that teaches Shalosh HaRatzel's Labir, there are three lands for purposes of beer, Yehuda, every yard in the galil, and each one is divided into three sublands, mountains, lowlands, and valleys, to teach that people may each meet the produce in each one of the three mainlands until the last subdivision in that land has become exhausted of its produce. That we learn from the pasuk, and should be for your animals and for the beasts that are in your lands. As long as the chayyeh can eat meat or produce in the field, you shall feed it to the behemoth in your house. However, once the produce is depleted for the chayyeh in the field, you must remove it from the animal in the house. And we have a tradition that the animals in Yehuda do not travel to the galil to forage and vice versa, but they will travel between the three subdivisions within their main land. Dafnun Gimel. So the similar Dafnun Gimel is a Nigerian prince. So here goes. The moment the Nigerian prince, Nigerian prince, that must be more on Duff, Nun Gimel. The moment the Nigerian prince who lived on the mountain full of gallnut trees, which reminds us of the Bryson where Mishman Gamil says that the hallmark of mountains are kneeling gallnut trees and the sim for valleys are decalim day palms and both of those are for the purpose of Bikurim. The sim for Nakhalim are cunning, the sim for streams are reeds, which is for the purpose of the Nakhal Esan the mitzvah of Egla Rufa, and Simon Shvegla Shechma, and a hallmark of a plane is a sycamore tree for the purpose of buying and selling. 
So the moment the Nigerian prince who lived on the mountain full of gallnut trees said the meat in front of him is for Pesach, which reminds us, the Rebutus said in the name of Rav, it's forbidden for a person to say, Basar Zela Pesachu. This meat is for Pesach because it appears as one is makdish an animal as a carbon eats kadshim outside Yushalayim. And Rashi explains that it's referring even to the flesh of an animal that was already slaughtered. In this case, a person will be giving the impression that he's being makdish the value of the meat for the purpose of purchasing a Pesach. And Rapapa said, the rub's ruling applies exclusive to meat. However, in the case of wheat, it doesn't apply because it just means it's being guarded for the Chag Pesach. So the moment the Nigerian prince who lived on the mountain full of gallnut trees said the meat in front of him is for Pesach, he was attacked by kamikaze frogs who jumped into his kneading bowls by the oven. Which reminds us that Totus Yishromi was a prominent man in Rome who instituted that the Jews should eat kids roasted with their entrails alongside of them as a commemoration of the carbon Pesach. And the rabbi said they would have excommunicated him if he wasn't a great man. He expanded that what caused Hanani Mishael and Azariah to make a Kiddush Hashem was the Kavachomi they made from the Tzvaradim and Mitzrayim. If the frogs were willing to give up their lives, even though they aren't Mitzvah in the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem, all the more so we should be willing to give up our lives because we are Mitzvah in that mitzvah. All right, now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which stuff do you learn that one can feed the animals in the house from Shvis until the chayas in the field have depleted that species? That's on Duff. None base. Good. Number two. Which stuff do you learn the value of marrying a bust on the chacham? That's on Duff. Memtes. Good. Number three. Which stuff do you learn the Rabbah Barachana ate the fats covering the straight part of the stomach in Bavel because you relied on the fact that he saw Rabbi Yochanan eat them? That's on Duff. None of. Good. Number four. Which stuff do you learn the one makes a brachana a flame with Yom Kippur on a fire that had already been lit before? That's on Duff. None dollar. Good. Number five. Wish of the one that one should not say buses hella pesach as it looks like one is being makdish an animal for the carbon pesach. That's on duff. Nun gimel. Good number six. Wish of the one that we have a three way malchok regarding what one is allowed to eat in a barrel that is pickling three different vegetables of peroshvis. That's on duff. Nun bays. Good number seven. Wish of the one that narrates Israel they try to avoid giving a talmud neither way excommunication out of concern for kavodatory that the talmud represents. That's on duff. None base. Good number eight. Which of the Rav Yochanan holds Tishbab is different than a Tanya Sibra, either because Ni'ua is only Roshos or that the 24 brachas are not recited in the Shemon Esrei. That's on Duff. None dollar. Good number nine. Which of the one the Hanani, Mishael, and Azari learned to be Moser Nefesh and be thrown to the Kibshan Aish from the frogs in Mitzrayim? That's on Duff. None gimel. Good. And number ten. Which of the one those coming from a place where they don't do Malachi or Pesach, to a place that does, should not work, and the locals will just think they're Batlanim. That's on Duff. Nanav. Good. All right, that concludes the pop quiz. This is Rabbi Avram Goldman Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.